Two walks of lightning, you go pick and choose. I seen those speeches to get in the loop. Put to they pointed like Tupac and Jews. They got sick of the running and picked up the dudes. Wobble gon' make niggas shake and they think it Looking like Ricky when they in pursuit. I got a dream that I'm trying to pursue. If it feel, I'm like Vicky, just give me the loop. Megatron, Megatron, bitch, I'm a villain. Pressure on, pressure on to make a killer. Leprechaun, leprechaun, green to the ceiling. Put six stops up on your head, now you krillin'. Double cross me from the game, you forbidden. Never a way that you go be forgiven. Weapons draw, weapons draw, now blood is spilling. This happens every damn day to earth spinning. Talk to my demons, they got me believing that I'ma go crazy like I'm Majin Buu. I'ma just go right through anyone front of my money and everything I'm trying to do. But they can't stop me, these niggas don't like me, these niggas is whack and I feel like the news. Some of them, they just be blind to the fact cause they miss got some up and they don't have a clue. I'ma just leave all these little niggas hurt, all you gotta do is just mention me first. Niggas be mad cause they making this dirt and be me cause I put all these beats in the hearse. They like the way I be going berserk, choppy like me but they putting in work. Talking on Twitter, I'm thinking they birds mention me and I bet you my niggas gon' lurk. Niggas they knew I was different since birth, you not a hundred don't like to converse. Niggas be bitches should put on the skirts and you to the doc, we send you to the nurse. Keeping the luck cause I stay on alert. Finish the nigga and want us for sure. Get to the line and I'm finna convert. You not eating, you niggas stay room for dessert. Hate is contagious, but I got the anecdote. Popping they top like I open the kinecoat. If niggas ever forget and they think I'm in last, I'll drop 50 just like I'm Leangelo. I make your bitch come right out of her pantyhose. Niggas run up and these niggas on panic mode. Ripping these beats on my words, highly flammable. 007 to my fucking animal. Ah. All right, we are live. What is up? What is up, YouTube boxing family? Uh, it's K right here. I'm back with another good little episode for the podcast. So, if you guys want to hop onto the panel to talk some boxing, um, I got the link here for the stream yard for anybody that wants to come through. Uh, no trolls allowed. Uh, just come with like a just come with like a clear mindset and yeah uh either way uh yeah let's get right into it let's talk about the fight card coming up for labor day weekend uh happy early labor day to all the hard-working people out there but yeah <clears throat> let's talk about it Luis king Con ortiz 33 and 2 and 0 no draws on his record uh, King Kong Ortiz will be going up against Mr. Andy Ruiz Jr. Um, 34 and 2, and no losses. Um, only loss to the hands of Anthony Joshua and Joseph Parker. Um, that's pretty much his resume. He was a, um, he was always a, a great fighter. Uh, but the thing was, is, um, I think his claim to fame was only through the hands of beating Anthony Joshua, obviously, to become the very first Mexican-American-descented heavyweight unified world champion with all three belts that he had. And for some weird reason, he never took the opportunity to go for undisputed against uh, Deontay Walter at that time frame of that 2019. Uh, so, yeah, let's talk about it. Uh, this is going to be a very, very lit fight card. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to it. 
there's a lot of good competition on this card and i'm definitely looking forward to seeing who's going to be you know at the top of this uh you know of this card um also shout out shout out to everybody that that's uh, coming through in the chat and if you guys do hop on the panel let me know and i will bring you on but uh yeah man this card is absolutely hyper stacked we got guys like uh, Mikhail Spencer going up against uh, Delgero Ravello. He's not like, the best fighter out there, but that's going to be a pretty good test. Um, he only got stopped by, uh, I forgot, <clears throat> I forgot who he got stopped by, but I think Ravello, if I'm not mistaken, <clears throat> he was. Uh, um, one of those uh, guys that got stopped on one of those uh, top rank cards, but you know he's okay. He's not really like the best fighter out there, but you know it's a good sturdy test for Mikel Spencer. Um, he is the uh, uh, like um, what you call it. He is the um, he is the adopted brother of you know. Uh, Current professional fighter uh, Joey Spencer, um, who will be fighting on the card, um, he'll be going up against Kevin Kevin Ke uh, Kevin Salgado. Uh, that will be a pretty good matchup, and I think Joey Spencer will be tested very very hard in that fight. And I think Kevin he could very well beat him, but I think that's a true 50-50 matchup. But yeah, uh, <clears throat> Del Gero uh, Ravello if I'm not mistaken, um, he was stopped back in the past, I believe, by Breon Carthers. And I don't know if that was on a PBC card or a top rank card, but I think that was on a PBC card. But I could have sworn I saw him get stopped by some other dude, but I forgot. I mean, he's a good, decent fighter. I mean, there's really nothing I could say about him but you know he'll be a pretty decent test for you know you know uh Mikhail spencer um he's only like what i think he's like 19 or at least 18 or 19 years old uh he only had one fight prior to august of last year so i find it very surprising that this will be his uh this will be his second fight being you know inactive for well over like a year i don't i don't know why he would do that i think it was probably just due to the fact that maybe he just couldn't get like a fight you know on the pbc in which i find that to be really weird but um i don't i don't know what the whole hold up was on that but either way i mean he's a good fighter he has skills um he is, uh, I think he's like a four-time amateur national champion, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't really care so much about like, the amateur, you know, experience. But you know, he's a decent fighter. He's not, he's not really like, the greatest fighter out there, but um, he has skills. He just needs to, you know, garner it. So, or he needs to garner more if he wants to put himself, you know, in a higher position. Um, but I think this will be. A pretty good matchup. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what Del Giro, you know, Ravello will do. But yeah, let's talk about uh, what you call it. 
you know, the other fights that are on the card. Uh, we got Mr. Um, who we got? We got Mr. Anthony Cuba uh, going up against Oscar Perez. Uh, this guy, he's actually like a young gun. He's actually a very, very hyper dangerous fighter. He's a very vicious, um, I think, orthodox fighter. I'm pretty sure he's an orthodox. I'll take a look at that right now. But he has skills. Um, this will be at 122, if I'm not mistaken, because I believe Cuba, or actually, no, this will be at 135. My fault. But yeah, him and him and Anthony Cuba will get it going this Sunday, and uh, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a pretty <laughs> it's gonna be a pretty good fight. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Uh, I think Anthony Cuba is a great rising, you know, up and coming fighter. Um, he's out of the Los Angeles, California area. Um, he's an Orthodox. He's 19 years old. Um, he's four and he's four and zero. With one draw, uh, he has only three three of his wins coming by way of knockout. Um, this fight against Oscar Allen Perez, he's a very tough guy. Um, Twenty two years old, out of Houston, Texas. He's a southpaw. He's five foot seven, and I'm not so sure about his his arm reach, but I'm pretty sure it's like around like the sixties or something. But uh, yeah, Anthony Cuba will have a one-inch arm reach or one-inch height advantage over him. So <clears throat> this will be a, a pretty pretty interesting matchup. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to see what that fight will come out to be. But I think I think that's going to be a pretty good fight, and uh, hopefully, you know, we get to see a uh, knockout in this fight because I do believe. Either guy will have the ability to knock each other out. Um, let's also talk about Mr. Prince Charles Martin. Uh, surprisingly, he is coming back to the ring after a uh, pretty much a <laughs> pretty much a seven month layoff loss to Mr. Luis King Kong Ortiz. Sadly, um, he got knocked out in round six, but that was a good fight. Uh, well, actually, no. This will be eight months. So, yeah, he's been out. He's been out the ring for eight months. I think. I think that was a pretty good, you know, decision for him. But, um, yeah, you know, Charles Martin. It will be going up against uh, a Devin Vargas, uh, some forty-year-old guy that I never heard of. But, you know, he's a, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> He doesn't have like the best resume. He got knocked out by Zeli Zong in his last fight. That was like literally two years ago. He lost to Junior Fa, a absolute low level heavyweight who just got knocked out by John Lucas, right? Or or Lucas Brown? Yeah, Lucas Brown. So yeah, Junior Fa. He's yeah, he's not that good. <laughs> um, Andy Ruiz Jr. actually knocked him out too. And Dominic Brazil knocked him out. Uh, yeah, he's not he's not like the greatest heavyweight out there, but I think this is more of like a little you know you know comeback tune up fight for Charles Martin. And I'm pretty well. I would I would hope Charles Martin knocks him out, and uh, you know he can he can move forward, you know, with his career. I think I think he has great skills. I think he could still go for like another final run in the heavyweight division 
um it's only a matter of time of like where he will be going in the division uh i don't i don't think his placements will be as difficult as what people may say about him hey salute to street spartan puerto rican boxing and brazilian jiu-jitsu uh i um i appreciate you for coming by uh salute to you but um yeah, I don't I don't see Charles Martin having any issues with this fight. That should be a pretty easy like first round or second round KO victory. Um so I think I think he'll like I think Charles Martin will be back in the mix very soon. Um I would I would like to see Charles Martin fight uh I'm not so sure if he fought Adam Kaunaki, but if he did oh wait, actually yeah, he did. He lost the decision to him, but Maybe maybe fight Adam Kaunaki in a rematch. I like I think I think a rematch between him and Adam Kaunaki is a very good fight. Um I think I think that's a good step in the right direction to slowly build yourself back up in the heavyweight division. But um I mean I don't I don't have anything bad to say about Charles Martin because even though like I did I did get pissed off that he got knocked out by Anthony Joshua, to which he should have had the ability to beat Joshua because, you know, Joshua doesn't scale well against Southpaws. But imagine if Martin actually utilized his boxing, you know, um, his boxing ability skills more. I think I think Martin would have been able to beat Anthony Joshua, you know, at a greater level. So I don't know. I think I think the heavyweight division timeline would have been a lot different if Charles Martin came into that fight you know, a lot more intelligent and not just getting hit with like, you know, repetitive shots that just got him knocked out. But maybe, you know, maybe like I'm wrong, maybe Charles Martin is just not that good of a heavyweight and he was only good to keep an IBF belt for six months. And he was just like a once upon a time, you know, heavyweight. But either way, uh, Charles Martin, he could have done way better ever since he was a champion leading up to now. But I think he's just been, you know, through the ups and downs. I mean, he has a great resume. Uh, he beat guys like, uh, who did he beat? I mean, actually, no. You know what? I can't. I can't really. I can't really credit with the resume either because, <laughs> you know, he really just beat like nobody on this list of his resume. Where, you know, you can't really say they were certified. I mean, granted. You know, he would like, you know, he was moved properly through the PBC, but you know, after he lost to, to Anthony Joshua, after he won the IBF, you know, vacancy belt at that time, knocking out, you know, some glass cup guy. But then ever since then, you know, his, you know, his toughest fights to date, um, he ended up losing them. So, yeah, I don't, I don't really think, uh, Martin is really like the best heavyweight out there, but he has skills. I mean, you can't really discredit him. You know, he, you know, he makes up the effort to try to fight the best. But I think, I think like the biggest problem was just that after the AJ loss, you know, he just, you know, he just started going downhill. I think, I think skills wise, he's just not like the same guy or he just doesn't go back to his square, to his square one um, mechanics to be that good of a fighter. Um, but either way, uh, I think, I think Martin, if he wants to make another run to the heavyweight division to become champion once more, uh, I think the perfect matchup for him would be Otto Wallen 
uh, Tony Oka. He could easily be Tony Oka. Uh, Daniel Dubois, I think I think Martin would definitely smoke him. Um, definitely get a rematch with Adam Kaunaki. I think I think he could beat Kaunaki. And I'd say maybe lastly, go after Derek Chisora. Take him out. I think him and Chisora would be a, a huge fight in the UK or just bring it out here to America and have it out in California or have it out somewhere in New York City. I don't, you know, I don't know, but I think Martin, you know, he could sell, you know, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't, you know, discredit a crowd. He always comes to fight. So, I mean, I think, I think the future is going to be really bright for him, but it, but it's only like a matter of time of like where he's going to go. If he's able to move fast, you know, towards the end of his career, but yeah, let's talk about the rest of the card. Uh, we got Mr. Joey, uh, Small Town Soldier, Spencer, going up against Kevin Salgado. For those of you that don't know who Kevin Salgado is, he was the former opponent of Bryant Perella, which him and Bryant Perella came to a split decision draw on the Lubin Fandora undercard. Um, I thought Brian Perella actually won this fight. I didn't think uh, Salgado actually did enough to win. But I think that's like the problem with some of these judges in certain fights. Uh, they try to protect certain fighters of some sort to make a fight controversial. But I thought Brian Perella he showed enough separation in his skill set to to be to be the to be the uh, to be the victor. Um, I didn't I didn't think uh, you know Kevin Salgado did enough to win. Um, I don't, I don't think Salgado is like the best fighter out there, but he has some skills where he could bring some noise to 154. But <clears throat> the problem is, is that if you're being matched up against Joey Spencer, then something tells me that either Joey Spencer is going to walk right through him or Kevin's going to walk right through Joey. So I think this fight will definitely, like, will definitely show how good of fighters they will be heading into the future in 154. <laughs> I think um, uh, the problem with Kevin is that he doesn't utilize his, his jab and he doesn't he doesn't put himself in a proper defensive position to win and he gets hit by like you know rip, you know repetitive shots that get him hurt and uh, his defensive mechanisms are not on point where he should be at a much grander level of a higher scale boxer. But I think his style is more favored in trying to brawl with you rather than trying to box. So I think that's going to hurt him late game in the future because 154 is a very deep division and a lot of guys are very heavily scaled into boxing. And I think that's where Kevin's downfall will begin if he does fail against Joey Spencer. But if Joey Spencer, if he comes out very sloppy like he did in his past couple fights, uh, that could very well haunt, like you know, haunt him too. Um, he had a good, um, he had a good performance against Rasvan Huda um, Huda Nazarov, um, Huda Nazarov. Uh, but that fight was very difficult for Joey. Um, he wasn't really performing the way he should have performed, but uh, the problem with him was just that Joe, Joey, he's not the type of guy where 
he should be at the level of like being Mufas. And it's good that the PBC is taking him slow because, you know, Al Heyman knows that Joe, Joey Spencer's not ready for like, you know, super, super deadly opposition, but he's getting there. So I think the best fights for Joey Spencer, uh, if he is successful against um, Mr. Kevin Salgado, would be guys like, see, Personally, I don't like. Personally, I would like to see Joey go up against Xander Zayas, and that might be pushing it because I think Xander could very well destroy Zoe, or, or or he could very well destroy Joey, or Joey could destroy Xander. But I don't think Joey's style is like really that hard of a style to figure out. But if Xander does have problems to the point where Joey is coming in with like a type of pressure where Xander, he's not able to utilize his skills and abilities to win the fight, then I think that will be the biggest problem in the division. But I'm not even so sure if this fight is at middleweight or this is at 154 super welterweight because the past couple fights, Joey has been fighting at, you know, catch weights at 155 and a quarter and then at 156 and a half so uh i don't know if he's at the middleweight division but if he is in the middleweight division then forget about it but i mean if this is at 154 then i think all the fights that we could see available for him uh not just you know not just you know tied up with the pvc only um I think I think a fight between him and Xander that would be a terrific fight. Uh, I like to see maybe him and Jamonte Clark. That's a very very tough matchup. I think Jamonte Clark would outbox him really heavy, but I think that would be a very you know difficult matchup. Uh, I think another great fight would be up against uh, that Irish black Irish dude uh, Kyle Men Agarco. I think like I think Joey could beat him. Uh, I want to see him against uh, Ismail Villarreal. Uh, that's a great matchup. I think Ismail Villarreal would give him a very difficult fight. <clears throat> um, I want to mind a fight between him and Brian Sabayo. I think Brian Sabayo he deserves to to be put on the map. Uh, I need I need to make like a video a video um, on him. Because he hasn't been active the way he should have been, but uh, I don't I don't know what happened ever since COVID. I guess he took some time off and he wasn't able to do the things he wanted to do. He only fought like one time during COVID, and that was like on the Ring City card. But ever since then, he he kind of just been very quiet. But then he recently fought back on May 14th, so he got a six round TKO victory over Gerald Sherrell. Don't know who he is, but yep, he stopped him. He blew him out. But uh, I think that's a good fight between him and Joey. I think I think uh, Joey could very well lose to to Brian Sabayo. Uh Brian Mendoza. That's a very good fight. Uh, um, I like to see a, a fight between him and I don't know, maybe Wendy Toussaint. I think I think him and Wendy would be a good fight. You know, that's a decent matchup. Uh, <laughs> he just had like a eight round unanimous decision victory. That was back at 
that was back on the Joe Smith Jr. Arthur Better Beer of you know undercard against the Cena Byfield. That was a decent fight, but yeah, there's plenty of great fights for Joey to do. I don't know what he's gonna do if he's you know if he is successful in this fight because you know this is a very difficult fight that he has in front of him. So I'm not I'm not gonna look past it, but yeah, um, we'll find out when we get to that get to that point. Uh, let me finish this up, and I'll get up out of here for you guys. We got Mr. Mike Plania, the Filipino sensation. They call him Mr. Uh, Magic, for those of you that follow him. But he will be going up against Mr. Raiz. Oh, Raiz, the beast, Alim, out of Muskegon, Michigan, five foot six with a 68 and a half inch arm reach, 32 years old, fighting out of Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh my God. This is going to be a great, great matchup. Um, the biggest thing that I have for this fight is that Mike Plania is a very destructive counterpuncher. But, but if Raiz Alim catches Mike Plania, which I think this fight will not go the distance. I have Raiz Salim stopping Mike Plania, but it's not going to be an easy stoppage victory. It's going to be a very, very difficult stoppage victory. Um, Mike Plania, he's no stranger to tough fights. He's been in there with a lot of difficult matches. Um, he's been in there with guys by the likes of Juan Carlos Payano. Uh, he's been in there with, um, I mean, most of his opposition haven't been really high. I would rate it like a B minus, like B level opposition. But some of the names that you could see here, you could see like, uh, who's Julio? Well, no, <laughs> no I'm not, I'm not going to look at that guy. That, that, that was a guy with like a losing record. Um, he beat Joshua Greer. That was a good fight. And then ever since then, wow, yeah, he's been major. He's been super inactive. So, yeah, this is going to be a very interesting fight because he hasn't been on the ring. But Raiz Alim, well, yeah, Raiz Alim, he, yeah, he wasn't back in the ring for a while prior to the Eduardo Baez victory. So, yeah, this makes a good matchup because both of them weren't, you know, weren't active. So, you know, it it it, um, it makes sense for 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 Raiz Alim to probably just wait it out because he's supposed to be Stefan Fulton's mandatory for either the WBC or I believe the the WBA. So uh, with either of those sanction bodies, if I'm not mistaken, uh, he was supposed to be mandated very soon. So either this is another title eliminator where they're gonna try to hold like. See, like, this is why that I don't like sanction bodies because I, you know, I personally find them to be very evil and disrespectful to the fighters because you're having to wait constantly, fight after fight, just to get your spot. But then they're going to try to freeze you out by making you go through all these title eliminators and you're not being represented in your, you know, um, in your respected rank to be moved up, you know, as sequentially fast as possible so it just holds back up the fighters and 
you know, it, it, it's such a disrespectful system because even with what happened, you know, with like the whole Subria Matias and Jeremiah's Ponce situation, uh, I was hearing that the IBF, they were going to mandate Josh Taylor going up against uh, Jeremiah's Ponce. But by the IBF's rules, if you are a number one mandatory contender, you still have to fight your number two contender to be placed as a, you know, as a solidified mandatory to fight the champion. Hey, salute you, Skywalker. Hey, what's up? Hey, Rod. How you doing, man? Doing this call. Just finishing, just finishing up the podcast. But, yeah, bro, I'd be falling asleep after work, bro. Take a hit uh, off that bull, bro. <laughs> it's all good. I mean, I was, I was like thinking, you know, like if you wanted to hop on and you know just chop it up, but you know, like I just decided yeah. to do the show by myself. <laughs> oh, that's fine, bro. My bad, bro. Yeah. No, 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 no. no. Like, um, you can. You know, join in with me if you want. But. Yeah. No, I'm not going live, bro. I'm not going live. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of, yeah, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start going like once a week, bro. Now I think I'm burnt out. <laughs> okay. It's all yeah, good. Too, too much work lately, bro. I've been, I don't know if I have time, bro. Fuck. Yeah, my job's been killing me. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Are you talking about the. King Kong Roosh a card or what? Yeah, um, I'm just covering the um, you know the fight card. Um, I was talking about the Mike Plania versus Raiz Alim matchup. If you had any oh. thoughts on it, against Raiz Alim, right? Yeah. Um, uh, not too much to say about that. Uh, um, it's a, it's a decent fight, man. Uh, what's his opponent look like? Oh, uh, Mike Plania. What's his name? Mike what? Mike, Mike Plania. Mike Plania. What's his What's his record? Do you know? He's uh twenty six and one, no losses. Yeah. No, has no draws. Twenty twenty six twenty six and one and no draws. Who has he fought, bro? That I that's on his. Um, his only loss came to Juan Carlos Payano, and his only notable victory was against uh, Joshua Greer. Hold my phone. I guess Joshua Greer. Okay. Yeah, Joshua Greer. He's not, you know, he's not like you know, he's not like the best out there, but you know, he's a decent fighter. You know, what I'm looking forward to on that card is uh, Pitbull Cruz, man. I like it. I like I like the style. Yeah, Pitbull and, and uh, Zerdito. He's one of the the two fighters that's never been knocked out by Tank, right? Uh, very close, close, close fight with Tank. Uh, I, I just like his style, bro. His mini style. He swarms his opponents. Uh, relentless pressure. You know what I'm saying? I like his style, bro. Makes yeah. for an entertaining fight, bro. With with Pitbull. Pitbull. Yeah, Cruz. I think um, I think Pitbull might knock out Zerdito, but I think that's going to be a very difficult fight. Right. And his opponent. What's his record? You know. Oh, Eduardo Ramirez. Yeah. Uh, Ramirez, he is twenty-seven and two and three draws. Who's his two losses to? He lost to Claudio Marrero and he lost to Lee Selby. Oh, okay, Lee Selby. Yep, Lee Selby and Claudio <coughs> Marrero. 
I think I think um, I think it will be a very competitive fight. Um, I'm not I'm not looking forward for the Abner Morris fight. I think I think Abner Morris he should just stay retired. Stay retired. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I don't <laughs> I don't understand why he thinks he's you know he's still able to fight, but it's like you know Miguel Flores you know despite him being stopped like I think twice in his career or actually no he's been. Yeah, he's been stopped like three times. Yeah, yeah, he's been stopped three times in his career. But I would like, you know, I would still favor, you know, Miguel Flores, you know, to beat Abner Mares. But I mean, if Miguel Flores, if he screws up the opportunity to win the fight, then, you know, this is the same Miguel Flores that we just seen lose recently against, uh, what was his name? Uh, he didn't lose recently. He had a very close fight against uh, some journeyman Mexican by the name of Dio D D O Oguin Oguin. I have to go back. I'm pretty sure I know. I know which Flores we're talking about. Uh, Miguel Flores. He beat who did he beat last? Who was his last opponent? Uh, it was Dio Oguin, some some oh, Mexican guy. Okay, so that's a different Flores I'm thinking about. Yeah, yeah. Gabriel Flores, my bad. <laughs> this is Miguel. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Gabriel Flores Jr. He's like, you know, he's done. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was thinking about. Oh, I was like, oh shit, no, that's a different Flores. Yeah, Gabriel Flores Jr. He's not that good anymore. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about Miguel Flores, not, not Gabriel. <laughs> I, used to, I used to like Gabriel Flores, but now I'm just thinking like, yeah, he's you know, he's just a hype job, man. Yeah, he's exposed. He kid, bro. He got laid out right away in the first round. <laughs> yeah, I thought uh, I thought Giovanni Cabrera was gonna stop him. Right, that, I remember that fight. That was a fast fucking knockdown, huh? There's a sec. It was yeah. the first set of punches. The first set, first fucking set of punches of the fight, bro. He got laid out. Yeah, Cabrera Cabrera could have stopped him, but he didn't. He didn't press up the gas. Yeah, that was a good fight. I remember that fight. That's a, a memorable fight because Gabriel Flores got his ass whooped. Yeah, but I but I blame it on his father because his father is just such a crappy coach. Yeah. But I mean, to debut at lightweight and just to get dropped like that multiple times just clearly shows to me that you got plenty of work to do. Right. Or you just need to get out of boxing. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think I think Gabe, he has, you know, he has some decent skills, but you know, if he wants to elevate, he has to find himself like a high level trainer. I mean, if he wants to like bring it to the next, you know, next, you know, you know, level. But did you already touch on all the heavyweight fights? The F uh, baby, the not... Jeremiah Milton. Um, There's four fights, four heavyweight fights. What on the card? Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. I thought you were talking about – oh, no, we are talking about upcoming – I thought you were talking about the last card, bro. You're just no, talking no, about- no, no, no. Look, I'm, I'm, talking, I'm talking about the King Kong Ortiz and Andy Ruiz fight card. Yeah, yeah, the upcoming card coming up. Yeah. Um, oh, wait, actually, um, I forgot to talk about uh, Jose Valenzuela versus Jezreel Corrales. Bro, that's, that's a big fight, bro. <laughs> Yeah, Je- Jezero Corrales, he might get stopped in this fight. This is at 140, if I'm not mistaken. Right. 
Another, yeah. another great partner. It's from Benavides Camp, right? Venezuela. Yeah. Jose, yeah, Jose, he's so good, man. Like, I think, I think Jose, he could, like, you know, he could very well either, uh, I don't know. I think he might stop him or it's going to go to the cards, but it's going to be, you know, it's going to be like a unanimous decision, but it's going to be a very tough fight. Yeah. Very good fight. Yeah. Cause, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Je- Jezero Corrales, he's never been stopped before. He's only lost to like world championship level opposition. So actually I can I could take a look at it right now. Uh, yeah. but, um like um he's a he's a very good fighter. He's not like you know, he's still, you know, um right. Hey King Rod, I got a, I got a phone call coming in. I gotta take it. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you later. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yep. Yeah, but basically, um, you know, like, in regards to uh, to Mr. Jose Valenzuela versus uh, Jezreel Corrales, um, this will be a pretty good matchup. Uh, I think based off of the style matchup, uh, Jezero Corrales is going to bring a lot of pressure to the table. Uh, this is a very decorated southpaw, too. Yeah, um, he's actually been stopped before, but that was by the hands of Alberto Machado. That was back at Super Featherweight when he was a world champion at you know at the Super Featherweight division. But yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a good matchup. I think uh, Mr. Jezero Corrales will definitely test Jose Valenzuela, but it's going to be interesting. Um, he's uh, 31 years old. Uh, he's five foot six, and Jose Valenzuela, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's like five foot nine. So you know, he has like you know, he has like a lot of height on him. Oh wait, actually. He's five foot ten with the seventy inch arm reach, so he definitely has a lot of height and reach advantage over Jezreel. But uh, this is actually for the WBC Continental Americas lightweight title, so surprisingly, uh, um, Jose Valenzuela is still fighting at lightweight. Um, you know, my bad. You know, to give you the wrong you know information, but uh, if he is uh, if he is um, su- uh, successful in this uh, victory, uh, I think what will happen is that we will start to see Jose Valenzuela be in there with, like, the mix of, like, a, I don't know. Like, I mean, I think him and Pitbull Cruz will probably be the fight to make. I think PBC can easily make that fight happen. But if not, uh, I'd like to see him and Roley go after it. I think he, like, I think he'll knock out Roley. Uh, Michelle Rivera, that'll be a very great fight. Um Giovanni Cabrera, I think I think that's gonna be an amazing fight. I think I think he could beat him. Um he doesn't really have any power. He's just like, you know, one of these like type of fighters where he's a volume puncher at best, but if you hit him hard enough, I'm I'm pretty sure he doesn't really scale that hard, you know, when it comes to punch resistance, but he's just more of like the decent, you know, pure boxer semi-volume puncher types you know he you know he usually goes to the distance with you he doesn't 
have uh, the ability to knock somebody out. Like, I mean, he does pack a good punch, but Cabrera, he's, you know, he's not that type of dude where he's able to do the things that, you know, you would, you know, expect him to do. But, um, yeah, that's a very good fight. I think, I think Valenzuela will be on the verge of getting to a world title soon because once Devin Haney vacates all the titles uh, for, uh, the you know, for the lightweight division, um, I think what will probably end up happening is just that Jose Valenzuela, uh, Michelle Rivera, William Zapata, and definitely Jermaine Ortiz, Isaac Pitbull Cruz, uh, definitely Gervonta Davis. I think all the big fights will start to happen a lot faster. But as of now, it's just being held up right now between Haney and Cambosos. And if Haney, if he's successful against Cambosos, and he can't get a fight in between him and Gervonta Tank Davis, then what will probably end up happening is just that Haney, he's going to end up vacating the titles, so he's just going to go ahead and just move on because it's like he's not going to wait up on Tank. He's not going to, you know, try to try to push for that fight if Gervonta and his team are going to make, make, you know, excuses to not fight Devin Haney because even though that people try to say that Devin – and Tank can't happen because Tank, he's with PBC and Floyd Mayweather promotions, which I think, you know, it, it, like, you know, it's a very stupid argument. But the thing is, is that Haney, he doesn't need to be with top rank for, you know, the third fight. I mean, granted, if Haney and Tank can fight on top rank for Haney's last fight to be honored in the contract, then fine, go for it. I'm like, you know, I'm all for it. But the problem is, is that Gervonta and his team, they would have to be the ones vocal to make that fight happen. So what would be the thing is, is that Floyd, Floyd Mayweather and Leonard Ellaby, they need to be confident in their, you know, ability to make the fight with Haney. Because Devin, because Devin's going to say yes. He's going to say yes to everything. Gervonta is going to be the A-side. There's not going to be any dispute of what what Gervonta Davis wants versus what Devin Haney doesn't want. I think Devin Haney will have to bow down once again. He would, he would probably have to take some crappy offer that Gervonta is offering to him. But if Devin beats Gervonta or, or if Gervonta beats Devin, then the doors open up a lot faster because Gervonta and Haney, if they do fight after – their fights are done. Well, after Devin's done, because he'll be fighting very soon in October against uh, George Cambosos. But the thing is, is just that what will probably end up happening is that when Haney and Cambosos get get it done, Gervonta he says he's gonna fight by the, by the um, by the end of the year. But the issue is, is like who are you going to fight? by the end of the year, because looking at BoxRec right now, I don't see anybody notable other than a Michelle Rivera that he could probably end up fighting next in his next fight, or potentially, <laughs> I don't know, maybe Lomachenko, but he, like, you know, Lomachenko, he's already busy with uh, Jermaine Ortiz, which I think Jermaine has a good shot of beating him, but um no, I don't. I don't know who else he's gonna fight. You know, Gervonta. If he ends up fighting some low-level dude that that we haven't heard of, then I think I think Gervonta. You know, he's gonna be like you know he's gonna be on fraud watch 
uh, I think I think that's going to make a lot more sense to the world where <laughs> like like uh, Gervonta Davis needs to go ahead and be a little bit more, you know, conscious of who he's going to be fighting because I don't, you know, I don't I don't want to see him fight no damn Nakatani Tuki Tuki whoever whoever but he should he should go ahead and fight somebody like a Michelle Rivera at least that'll keep people, you know, like you know, somewhat, somewhat happy, but you know, either way, I don't, I don't know what Tank is gonna do, man. I think, I think Tank, his, you know, his reign to fame at the lightweight division's not gonna, you know, not gonna end up being fun because once the competition does end up leaving, like Devin Haney, I think the competition is gonna be stale. But then eventually, you know, like certain guys in the division, like. Jose Valenzuela, Frank Martin, all those guys, like they're probably going to end up catching up to Gervonta Davis and probably end up, you know, getting his number and, you know, potentially beating him because Gervonta, he will be older and his skill set will start to regress, like, you know, little by little. But I say right now, Gervonta and Haney, they, you know, they have to fight. They, you know, they have to get this fight going. And it's only like a matter of time, but yeah, let's move forward with the, um, you know, with the last few fights. Uh, I was gonna cover more on Isaac Pitbull Cruz and Eduardo Zerdito Ramirez. Um, this would be a pretty good fight, I think. Isaac Pitbull Cruz, he's gonna stop him because Zerdito, uh, he's not a how should I say? Um, he's not a career lightweight, but. I think based off of what we're going to be seeing in this opportunity is that uh, Zerdito, he's going to have a very difficult time dealing with uh, the size and pressure of uh, Isaac Pitbull Cruz, but it's going to be a very interesting matchup because Isaac Pitbull Cruz, he's never really been in there with a guy like Zerdito, who is a very decorated southpaw. He's five foot six with the 70 inch army, so he does have the height and reach advantage over Isaac Pitbull Cruz. He's five foot four with the 63 inch army, so yeah, this is going to be a very interesting matchup. And uh, I won't be surprised if Zerdito actually ends up beating uh, Isaac Pitbull Cruz, but I think Cruz he's coming in with bad intentions. Uh, he's not going to let a guy like Zerdito try to try to dog walk him. Um, I think it's going to be a very, very difficult match. And uh, if Zerdito, if he could get the job done in beating Pitbull, uh, this will be a very fun, you know, fight to watch. But I got Isaac uh, Cruz getting the victory over him just because he has more, you know, relentless pressure. Uh, I don't think Zerdito is a career lightweight. Uh, ever since he started boxing, uh, the highest he's ever fought at was at 137 that was back in 2013 against miguel angel rodriguez toledo but ever since then he's always been a career featherweight or super featherweight uh so i don't I, like i don't i don't know what zerdito is thinking i think i think he's only doing it because he was offered the opportunity to stay active so it's like why wait on the wbc you know or whatever sanctioned body to get your shot to become a champion. So I think it only makes sense in the world to fight Pitbull because 
you know, you're both on the PBC. And if Al Heyman, if he needs like a fight for Pitbull, then this makes a really good matchup. So either way, uh, I think Zerdito, he's going to give Pitbull a very difficult fight. Uh, Zerdito, he obviously beat my homie, Mr. Luis El Chucho Melendez. Uh, he's a very great fighter. Please go check him out. Um, but that was a very good matchup between him and Zerdito. Uh, I thought Pit, I thought uh, I thought Luis Melendez had the had the opportunity to beat Zerdito. Um, he he actually was taller than Zer, uh, taller than uh, Zerdito, and um, he had you know like a one inch you know arm reach disadvantage over him. But either way, uh, I thought I thought like um, I thought Melendez had the ability to beat him. But I think like the later rounds definitely costed him. But you know, but the fight was close to that point where I think it was a good learning experience for you know Luis Melendez to go back to the drawing board and reset on everything that he did wrong. And I think I think eventually uh, Luis Melendez he'll you know he'll be back on top. You know he's not you know he's really not at the you know at the worst of his career. So uh, he's a very great fighter, twenty four years old plenty of time to keep on rising and just keep getting more victories. So I think, I think, uh, you know, El Chucho will be back very, very soon. And uh, I'm definitely looking forward to it because, you know, he's only been out the ring since May. And so maybe hopefully by the end of the year, you know, we'll probably see Melendez back in the ring and uh, I'll definitely be keeping, keeping you guys updated on that. But yeah, this is a good fight. I think Zerdito is going to potentially get knocked out by Pitbull, and I think uh, that's that's what's going to end up happening. I think Pitbull has has the power advantage over Zerdito. Um, I don't think Zerdito has enough power to to contend with a guy like Cruz at 135, but it's going to be interesting. But that's pretty much it. Uh, let's talk about the main event, and then I'll get up out of here. Uh, Luis King Kong Ortiz versus Andy Ruiz Jr. Um, I think this is a very uh, great fight. Uh, this is obviously at the Crypto Arena down in Los Angeles, California on PBC on Fox Pay-Per-View. Uh, I don't really see this to be a pay-per-view. I didn't, I didn't really see this fight to be marketable for one, but knowing that both guys were marketable stars... For their claim to fame, I think it, um, I think it kind of does make sense. But if uh, they can do good pay per view numbers, uh, I'm definitely down for it. But yeah, King Kong Ortiz versus Andy Ruiz, I think like I think that's a good sell. Uh, the problem is just that you know they're not really fighting for anything huge. I mean, if it is for like a title eliminator. Then okay, I mean it's just like marketability wise, the only thing I could see that's going to be making you know the pay per view sell is like have most of the fans from Andy Ruiz's camp or Andy Ruiz's fan base to support the fight. But I'm pretty I'm pretty sure a good decent market will support it. But maybe I probably say like you know, at least 200,000 buys. I like, I'm not, I'm not too sure, but I mean, if it doesn't sell well, then I think PBC should not be doing that no more. But yeah, uh, I think stylistically, 
um, Luis King Kong Ortiz should get the victory. Um, that's what my heart says, but I think based off of the eye tests, um, we can see that Andy Ruiz, he is a little bit more dangerous of a puncher than Luis King Kong Ortiz. And I think the hand speed will bother Luis Ortiz to the point where Luis Ortiz might end up getting knocked out or he'll just end up tiring himself out because he can't, you know, stop, you know, the, you know, the relentless pressure of hand speed punches that Andy, that Andy Ruiz likes to, uh, likes to throw a lot. But then again, that might cost him because Luis Ortiz, he's a great counter puncher and he knows how to break you down when you have a lot of hand speed. So he's not, you know, he's not a stranger to it. It's just that Luis King Kong Ortiz and Andy Ruiz, they, you know, they've come to a point in their careers where they pretty much know what's going to happen. So I think what what will end up happening is just that uh, Andy Ruiz will probably end up doing some very uh, unusual stuff in the fight. But, I mean, if he works better on his defense and keeps the fight to the center where him and um, him and Ortiz don't really have to exchange much in the early rounds, but I think in the later rounds, if somebody does get caught with something heavy, uh, I think Luis Ortiz will be the, more of the – he'll be more of the successful inside puncher, and Andy, he will be more of the more, you know, a successful – pressure style, you know, um, pressure style power puncher. So I don't know. I think, I think this fight is a true 50, 50, but I would, I would slightly favor Luis Ortiz cause he's the more superior boxer. So I don't think Ortiz is going to rush for a knockout like he did against Charles Martin. But, uh, I think with Andy Ruiz, this fight's going to explain a lot about Luis Ortiz's career as a heavyweight, and I think this is a must-win fight for Luis Ortiz because I don't know what else would be the the next step for him, but I think it would benefit him a lot better to get the victory over Andy Ruiz, so therefore him and Andy Ruiz will be the type of fight where a lot of people can give credit to both of them because even though Andy Ruiz, he is a former unified heavyweight world champion, uh, historically being the very first Mexican-descended you know, heavyweight world champion to be unified, uh, closest to being undisputed. Uh, if he had fought Deontay Walder, uh, that definitely speaks a lot of volume. And uh, I definitely do respect that out of Andy Ruiz. But um, I think the problem with Andy Ruiz was his discipline, and he wasn't able to be at that pedestal where he could have been a lot higher in his career. But that's pretty much it. I mean... I think Luis Ortiz is going to get this dub, and I think Andy, he very well could change the fight by hurting Luis King Kong Ortiz with a good power shot that ends up dropping him, or he could be like you know he uh, he could be knocked out. But I don't know, man. I think I think it's going to be a very fun fight while it lasts. But uh, 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 those are my thoughts. Uh, that's my early fight prediction for the week, and uh, I'll be I'll be back probably on. Sunday or Monday, that following day, to cover the fights. But either way, um, I'll be I'll be coming out soon with like my post fight for this. But this is a little early pre-fight 
you know, pre-fight, you know, prediction show. So hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, please smash the like button, share the video, do what y'all got to do, and I'll see you guys later. Uh, thank you to all of you that came through, Street Spartan, Puerto Rican Boxing, and BJJ. Thank you for coming by. Mark Wonderlick, uh, I appreciate you for coming by. Thank you for, uh, you know, for joining in. And uh, salute to the mighty LDBC, Bomb Squad, Team Petty. And also salute to TWT, salute to Skywalker Boxing. Everybody go uh, subscribe to, you know, Tim's channel, you know, at Skywalker Boxing. Uh, great, great channel. Great, uh, great shows all the time. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, I'll see you guys very, very soon to give my post-fight thoughts on the card. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. Uh, thank you guys. Have a great day and um, hope y'all are having a good week and um, hopefully I will see you guys very soon to to finish out you know this week strong. Got three more days till the weekend. So I'll see you guys later. Peace out. Have a great night. All right. Peace family. Bye.